The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests of the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, what's the Greg Carrasco show? Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg. Slackers, good morning, Southern Ontario, Slacker Nation, yet again, shows up to bring some common sense into the car industry, and also to have some real conversation about real things with real people. I want to send a big shout out to the entire Slacker Nation that took the time last week to call the show and bombard us bombard us with phone calls. That was one of the busiest shows that we've had since we switched the show to TSN. I was super happy. And many of you came to see me that afternoon at the store. Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity is where I happen to live, since you all know that I have no life and I spend most of my time there. Uh, there is where you come and see me to get some real advice about car situations. If you come in to talk to me bef before you buy in the vehicle, great. I'm going to save you time. I'm going to save you headaches. I'm not going to save you money. I'm not going to make that promise to you because right now we have no cards left. So vehicles that are being sold are what the manufacturer is suggested and then some. So I'm not going to make a promise that I cannot keep. But what I can tell you is this, that if I don't have the vehicle that you need, not necessarily because of the price or the, the actual material effect of the lack of inventory. I'm talking in, in a holistic term. If I don't have what you need, I'll tell you. I'm not going to try to sell you something just so I can put a number on the board. That is not my speed. The number to call is 416-870-1050. Again. If you like me, are sipping back on your beverage of choice. <laughs> ah, and since I have switched my Saturday morning beverage of choice, you are getting to enjoy the benefits of a more relaxed Carrasco. 
instead of being jacked up on caffeine with my venti americano with four long shots of espresso and four steamed heavy cream, that yummy goodness, I try to find a more zen place to talk to you from. And that is not found in caffeine. It's found in some other liquids that I cannot disclose on the radio because you oversensitive people may get offended. You know those are the magic words these days. I'm offended. I'm offended. I seem to have offended a pile of com competitors this weekend, Ben. Uh -oh. And since... Uh, oh, yeah. And since their um, testicles haven't worked their way down from their stomach into where they're supposed to be, they don't call me directly. They call my dad. They call head office. Hi, Greg is doing something not nice. I'd like to speak to the manager, please. Greg, Greg is, is not behaving properly. Cry babies. For those of you, competitors of mine, that have the testicular fortitude to engage me as a man, you know, I'm just a regular dude trying to do regular things and keep my people fed. Instead of calling my dad at head office and being a crybaby, where's that sound bit that I asked for earlier? The sound bit that represents my competitor. There you go. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, hi, it's me. I'm not trying to rock the boat. You know, let's, let's hear the competitors again going off again. Let's, let's hear them in the back. Oh, yeah, there we go. I recognize the voice, man. I recognize it. There. Oh, yeah. Shh, Stop, 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 stop. Shh. I, I promise I'm not going to do anything that is not that is going to offend you. So for those competitors of mine that seem to uh, take a, a tremendous amount of pleasure in calling head office and ratting on me for something that I haven't even done, here is something for you. <laughs> this is my home phone number, okay? 905 Four six seven zero seven two seven. I'm. And this is not a joke. Nine oh five four six seven zero seven two seven is my zero seven two seven is my home phone number. So instead of being a big baby, big baby, <laughs> call me instead. I am sure that there will be a reasonable explanation of what I am doing. Because believe it or not, there is a persona that comes here on the radio show, and there is a pretty serious, ethical, moral businessman that is running at one of the most successful car dealerships in the province of Ontario, right there in Oakville, and that is for you. So there are some lines that I don't cross, and believe it, when I tell you that we stick pretty close to the guidelines that are provided to us by OMVIC and by our manufacturer. It's called the Dealer Service and Sales Agreement. Greg is not playing nice again. I'm having a terrible month. I'm blaming it on Greg. 
It has nothing to do with the fact that I made poor inventory decisions six months ago and that I don't advertise and I, nobody knows that I exist. It's great. Great. Cut it out. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So since you now have my home phone number, you don't have to call my dad and rat on me. I hope that that sinks in. Because next time I hear that somebody's writing me to head office, I'm going to tell the world who you are. And you know who you are, losers. <sighs> Take your hand this is what... and drive it fast to your face. <laughs> Anyways, that was my rant. One of many rants that I will have before the end of the day. You are listening to Canada's largest automotive radio show, and uh, this this goes across the country. So if you're buying, leasing, selling, squashing, trading, contemplating, salivating about a car, this is the place to be. This morning, I'm going to dedicate my first hour to talk to my salespeople, my beloved salespeople. This is car sales across the nation. So for the next 40 or so minutes, I will talk to you about some of the 10 biggest mistakes that car salespeople make on a minute-by-minute -minute basis that are coming in the way of their success. So if you're in car sales and you have a little bit of time before you show up for work, and many of you <laughs> are dressed up because it's Halloween, I won't judge you. You looked awful. And customers, if you're listening to this and you show up to a car dealership and everybody is dressed up, please don't hold, hold it against them. Most of them don't want to do it. But you know, you got to be a team player. I did that for a long time. I give up on those things. For the most part, people don't care. So what we're going to do now is that I want to get into this, in, into the meat of things before people go into their sales meeting that usually happens at 8.30 unless a sales manager or the GSM is late and the meeting can start. You know how embarrassing it is when you're late for your own meetings. Stop that too. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And guess what? When we have no inventory, my salespeople are thanking the car industry gods that there's still a paycheck coming because through no fault of their own, they have nothing to sell. Now people are wondering, oh, oh maybe Carrasco was up for something at some point. Maybe Carrasco wasn't as crazy as we originally thought. Let's take a short break and we're going to break down the top 10 mistakes that salespeople make in showroom floors across the nation. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Uh, those two have made me laugh the entire week. I believe it's a song. Island Boy. I'm not an island boy. All those dealers that call to complain about me, they're all island boys. That's what they are. You know, I've been rude, man. Ben, I apologize. 
Uh, I know who that one is for sure, for sure, for sure. I, sorry, Ben, I've been rude. How are you, man? I, I didn't even say hello and good morning. You know, I was told that's, not to talk to you too much during the show because it's too much work. That, so That's all right, Greg. It's, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Made it through another week. You know, that's all you can ask for these days. Well, wow, that's pretty low expectation, dude. <laughs> so, I'm glad that you uh, are alive by Saturday. Yeah, good. I've probably got about the same, uh, same expectations for myself as your, uh, your competitors do. Oh, probably, probably. There's some pretty goddamn low expectations. But anyways, look, the uh, salespeople, you are awesome. Boys and girls driving to the office this morning, and some of you are rock stars, and you have all your appointments lined up. Those are the ones that, those are the ones that are worth their weight in salt. I don't know where that expression came from. I just adopted it. If you show up to work on a Saturday without an appointment, you know, shame on you. If you drive into the office and you have nothing to do this morning, you should probably reconsider your career because you're missing the whole point of being in the car industry. Now, I do understand that from time to time, there are some weeks that you don't talk to anybody that wants to buy a vehicle from you. There is nobody that likes you. I get that. It happens. It happened to me. But if you're one of those people that constantly show up to work on a Saturday without an appointment, you should literally just consider something else. You know, go work at Tim Hortons or something. I'm not saying that working at Tim Hortons is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But, you know, you don't need an appointment to show up at Tim Hortons. People will just go there. Or maybe you can be become a barista. A, a barista. Why don't give funky names? Don't do it. So, before the break... I told you that I was going to discuss maybe not so commonly heard top 10 mistakes that people make when they work in car sales. So we, we are going to get right into this. And uh, Ben, if at any given point you feel like interjecting uh, and, and having a say in the matter, you can do that. Or if you choose to be an island boy, no problem, man. You can just stay quiet during the entire show. I am. I'm probably the furthest thing from an island boy, but yeah, sounds good. <laughs> with the last night, like McClellan, I, 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 yeah, I, I think I have to agree with that. Unless you're so, referring to Scottish islands, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if they're, I mean, they are islands, but I don't know if that would make you an island boy. Uh, either way, number 10 of the biggest mistakes that salespeople make when they show up to work any given day. Not getting access to the decision maker. So I, I want you to listen to me for a second. And uh, selling, selling anything, although I don't like the idea of selling something to someone because that implies that you're going to make them do something that they were not planning to do until they talk to you. And some people may think that that's the way to do it. That's the old school stuff. No, no, no. That's, that's nonsense. We call that pressure, you know. Forcing people, uh, pressure, you know, pressuring people into doing something that they don't want to do. That's not the way things work these days. Um, the information technology has had such a huge effect on the buying cycle that for the most part, by the time people show up to your showroom, they already know that the vehicle they're looking at buying is either sold by you or is on your lot. So don't take too much credit for this because people know a lot before they show up. Now, saying that, you cannot just sell a vehicle to anyone. 
to actually put a transaction together, you need to find the person who is qualified to make the buy-in decision. Otherwise, you are simply wasting your time and you are going to have to do this all over again. So for those of you that have been classically trained in car sales, you have, I mean, there, there are different versions of this based on the, the, uh, the culture of your store and the ideas of your general manager. But the steps to a sale are very, very simple. Meet and greet, qualify, presentation, demonstration, test drive, close, trial close, close, delivery, follow up, follow up, follow up, and then follow up some more. Most car salespeople have heard a version of this throughout their lifetime. So I understand that. Now, look at this. If you happen to waste your time with doing the meet and greet presentation, demonstration, and all these other things that we talk about on a regular basis on the sales meetings, to the person who isn't qualified to buy the vehicle, guess what? You're going to have to do it all over again. At this point, you, you're really not building value. You're not displaying uh, any sort of craftsmanship when it comes to your sales technique. All you are showing to the world how much of an amateur you are and you are still in the learning curve of your sales skill set. Because one of the number one things that we need to understand is that if you are not talking to the actual decision maker, you will not be able to make a decision. You understand what I'm saying? If you're not talking to the buyer, you're not going to be able to sell a car ever. So some of the first things that you need to do when you start talking to someone, who is the vehicle for and is the decision maker here? Simple stuff. Um, we all know people that go around the bush and they ask you questions without asking questions. It's not, it, it leaves a lot of ambiguity on the floor. So some of the best questions that you could ask to a future customer is, are you the decision maker? Is the vehicle for you? End of story. There is no, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking, no. They will give you a yes or a no. And if it's a yes, I am, then game is on. Boom. You need to start selling. If it's not, you need to provide all the information that is required at that specific point without getting into too much detail because you may say too much and book an appointment for the customer to come back with the person that is actually buying the vehicle or making the decision on this transaction. That's number 10. Number nine, not doing your homework. I think that we've all heard the saying that if you fail to prepare, be prepared to fail. I repeat this. If you fail to prepare, be prepared to fail. Many people confuse this situation with learning everything about your product. That is a given, folks. How can you sell something that you don't know anything about? Yes, I do understand that the internet is there. And now most car manufacturers are forcing dealers to use tablets that have everything on videos. And, and, and Nissan has the N-Car and the iCar X is an infinity. And every single car manufacturer has a version of this. I happen not to like it. 
because it, it becomes an automatic, automatic process. You're not driving the process of the sale. You are forcing the customer to have a cookie cutter experience, which completely invalidates the individuality of each buy-in situation. Every customer is different. If you're selling a car to a senior, like I often do in Oakville, they don't care about what you're going to show them in the iPad. They have no desire to have any sort of exchange in relation to information technology as it pertains to your car. You know what they want to do? They want to know how to drive it, go forward, go backward, park it, and hopefully they know how to hook up their cell phone. And I am not generalizing because I know that I'm also going to get a senior. What are you, what are you saying, Greg, that I don't know how to use my Bluetooth? No, I'm not saying that. 87 years. I'm not saying that you don't know how to use your Bluetooth. I'm saying is that every single person has an individual need and that must be addressed. But the mistake number nine says not doing your homework. It means that you need to learn everything about your product, which is a given. But you also need to understand who you are competing against. Most people will have the last two or three vehicles that they're looking at. And they may come down and for the most part the decision is already made. But a lot of people will have one vehicle and then the next one. And unfortunately, if they have one more to see after you, the chances are that they have already decided to buy the next one. They just want to see if you can change their mind about their ultimate destination. So if you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't know what your competition is offering, if you don't know what the feature, advantage, and benefits of your competitors are in relation to your product, you got some explaining to do. Number eight, arguing with the potential customer. This happens a lot more often than you think, Ben. Salespeople arguing with customers. Even though this may sound obvious to many people that are here, many salespeople fail, uh, they, they fall prey to this mistake when, when a customer has objections that are unreasonable or they, uh, they, they contradict logic. We, 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 we experience this on a regular basis or they make you offers that are, that are so absurd that you just want to lose your mind because this happens all the time. There are many salespeople that will lose their temper. Do not. An angry fighter will never win the fight. That was not me saying that. It was Miyamoto Musashi. If you don't know who that is, look it up. Arguing with a potential customer will result in you losing the sale 100% of the time. There are no exceptions. You argue with a customer, you lose the sale, period. So if you happen to disagree with what they have to say, your best technique is just to stay quiet. Don't say anything. Say something like, ah, you know, I can see where you're coming from and you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. Just listen. Just listen. They may very well give you what you need in order for you to be able to answer the question in the way that they want to hear it. Because there are many people like that out there. That if you don't say exactly what you have to, what they want you to say, how they want you to say it, when they want you to say it, because that's your second job, remember a mind reader? 
they will get mad at you. So don't do that. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing at all, especially when you're in the face of conflict. And when you are in the face of conflict with the customer, you do not step up and engage. You do not because you will lose. The customer is buying a vehicle. The last thing you want to do is get into locking horns with your customer. Number seven, not being ready to overcome objections. Look, Nobody likes to hear a no for an answer. Deal with it. Deal with it. However, allowing the customer to say no has a lot of benefits. You know, this way you can increase the value of a yes when you actually hear it. Let me give you an example. Real estate agents do this all the time, right? So they, you, you hire them, they try to sell you a house, and they will show you the ugliest, smelliest, tackiest homes in the neighborhood. So you have definite no's. No, no, oh, God, no. No, 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 no. And then, oh, that was, that was my version of the voice of the angels. They use the principle of contrast. So after they show you all the stuff that they know won't work for you, and just when they, they made you lose hope, that you have hired the right real estate agent, out of the blue, something amazing comes up and you say, yes, yes, I'll take three of those. <laughs> so it's okay when a customer says no to you. Deal with it. The more you listen to your no's, the more you will understand when you have actually hit the right spot for the customer and ultimately that is all you want and if you don't know how to answer a concern people call it objections i call it concerns because everybody has different concerns about their lives and the cars and the experience and so on and so on and so on if you learn to hear the no and not take it personal that's the worst thing that you can do when a customer sends no to you now you have a no you the only thing that you have discovered right now is a door that you should not open. Or at least you don't know what the combination to open that door is. If you listen carefully, most customers will tell you how they need to be sold. If you listen carefully, most customers will tell you how they want to be sold. And if you listen carefully, most customers will give you the key that you need to open all the doors that you must enter in order for you to finalize a transaction. If you would only stop talking for a second. Number six. This is going to sound odd to you, especially when you're in sales. Not having the intention to sell a car. You may ask yourself, what are you talking about, Carrasco? How can you be in car sales and not have the intention of selling a vehicle to a customer that you are talking to? Well, let me explain this to you. You will be amazed. Uh, and when I say amazed, you, you will be astonished to how many brilliant, brilliant salespeople are selling 
for the sake of talking and hearing themselves talk. We make fun of this people at our store that we turn laydowns into beebacks. You know how many of you do this all the time? And often this comes down because they love the sound of their voice so much. And some may say, well, you do the same thing, Greg, here every Saturday morning for three hours. You like to listen to yourself talk. Well, it's a talk show. What do you want me to do? I can't stay quiet. <laughs> ben is laughing in the background. And that implies that that's what he thinks, that I like to hear myself talk. Well, I mean, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I can't. If I okay, I can't hear myself talk. I can't listen to my podcast. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I I I hear all the mistakes. I hear all the inadequacies and deficiencies of my delivery uh, when I when I'm on air. And I'm not a broadcaster, man. I don't. I never went to school to talk to you folks. And I know that there are tens of thousands of you listening to me. I'm not a radio person. I'm just a regular dude. Yes, regular sir. dude with unreasonable has, dreams. What's and that? And has a lot of haters in the car industry. Oh, dude, man. <laughs> Before they listen to the Carrasco show, they, they go to the grocery store and they buy a giant jug of haterade. <laughs> what are you, 12? <laughs> haterade they chug haterade when they listen to the caress it's okay it's okay I know you're listening I know you're listening one day hopefully before I start pushing grass from underneath you're gonna come out of the closet and everybody will know you're gonna come out as a slacker that is my dream that all those haters one day will show up and congregate in one place wearing the Slacker Nation t-shirt and be proud, be loud and be proud and wave that Slacker Nation flag that is gray and black like my soul. <laughs> gray and black like my disposition. <laughs> oh boy. Not having an intention to close. It is very important, folks, that you make it very clear to your customer that your intention is to sell them a vehicle that moment. Does it work? You better believe it. If you have a clear understanding in communication to the customer that you are not an information desk, that you are not the person that you go and get the pamphlet so you can go home and just think about it. If you have the clear understanding of what your job is at a car dealership, the only purpose of your existence is to be able to convey to your consumer and to deliver on the promise that you are going to do everything possible to put a sale together right now. So that way your customers cannot friend zone you. That's the worst. You talk so much that you become their friends and customers forget that there is a price to pay to waste your time. And you know what the price is? To sell a car. When you invest one, two, three hours of your life with a the prospect, there's gotta be 
an exchange from the other side. And that is that the customer will reward you with their trust. They will reward you with their money. And ultimately, they will say, here, you've earned this. But how can they do that if you never made it clear of what your intentions were when you first said hello? I'm not looking for more friends. I don't like people that much. Some of you that I like a lot, but many I don't. That's why I'm a bit of a loner. I like Ben a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> because he's too much of an island boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll reiterate. I'll reiterate. What's that? For those who have never seen me before, a picture of me. I am the <laughs> furthest thing from that. <laughs> Many island boy. My voice, but, uh, oh my god. If the island boys yeah. they knew that I'm gonna be using their song all day today, they will call me. Might need to pay up. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought about engaging them on Instagram, but no man, I can't do it. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. They provide a great source of entertainment. And I have to say the song is pretty catchy, but I don't even know if it's a song yet. Because not, I'm not an island boy. So, anyways, as I was saying before. Number six, not having an intention to close a sale or at least not disclosing that to the consumer at the right time so they know that your job is ultimately to put a sale on the board. You're not their friend. I'm not your friend. You know what? <laughs> Villains always say that. I am not your friend. <laughs> We will take care of all your automotive transactions. We will make sure that the car that you're looking at getting is the right car for you. We will make sure that there are no false promises. We will make sure that your contract and everything within this bill of sale is there according to the law and to the ethics of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. But make no mistake about it. We're not friends yet. We're there to do a job, and that job is to put a sale on the board. And I know that a lot of people are not going to like this, because I have made a lot of good acquaintances over the years. I have. But you know, we toss this word around so, so loosely. Oh, they're my friends. No, you're not. Because if you don't fulfill the promise of your job, it won't be long until you are gone. So don't kid yourself. Be good to your customers. Do right by them. They will stick by you. And hopefully over the years, after they have bought five, six, seven cars, then they become your friends. And I cannot, I cannot leave this family's name out of my show this morning. You know, I, they, just, they just came to my mind, the Triano family. Wayne Triano started this tradition about 27 years ago, and Marty has continued it. They, were, they are my oldest customers, and they're still with me. 20-some-odd years. I think it's 26 or 27 years they have been with me. I can tell you one thing. Marty calls me. Carrasco answers. What we're going to do now, I know that you're going to have to jump into your sales meeting soon and listen... 
Do you see those managers going, nah, 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 nah. you know, like the guy on Charlie Brown, what's the name of the teacher? <laughs> That's what you listen to. You would rather sit on the parking lot, sip on your coffee, whatever it is that you're drinking right now. I'm not drinking coffee right now, and Ben knows exactly what's in my hand. You'd rather sit on the parking lot and hear Carrasco rant about the car industry. You know why? Because this is real life, and I'm pretty good at this. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And if I can do it, probably, folks, probably, I, I know I'm going to eat my words next Saturday. We are very close of being the number one Nissan store in the province of Ontario for the month of October. What? 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 Oakville? Number one in Ontario. What? 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 What are you talking about, Karras? How is that even possible? It is. And we're almost there. Let's see if we can hold that and keep that number before you buy anything, before you make any car buying decision. You know how, you know exactly where to go. I don't need to say it again. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. To all the island boys that call head office to complain about me this week. Um, 905-467-0727 is my home phone number. I strongly encourage that you call me before you call my dad at head office. <laughs> don't be an island boy. Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not good. It doesn't look good. It makes you sound like a crybaby. And we don't like crybabies. I, I hear babies crying and I twitch. And I remember a different lifetime when there were crying babies in my life. <sighs> it's one of the good things about getting older. Crying babies are in the distance. They're in the past. If you have anything to say about what I'm saying this morning on the show, 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. And don't forget that the brains of the operation Money Mike is coming on the other side of the hour to change your financial future. Folks, I cannot tell you how important Money Mike has been in my life. And I'll, I'll share a couple of things with you. But anyways, we were talking about the top 10 mistakes that salespeople make in car dealerships and that we're down to the last five. So I'm going to try to condense this in a way that makes sense because the last five are arguably the most important ones. So let's get right down to it. Oh, and don't forget, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. So before you buy anything, you need to come and see me while I still have cars because I still have some left. Number five mistake the salespeople make every day. Making promises you cannot keep. Over-promising over and under-delivering. It's very simple. It equals to me relying in the car industry. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's bad. Very bad. That will earn you reasons to get dismissed. No matter how much you want to make the sale, folks, exaggerating your product or the service capabilities or even worse, hiding limitations or conditions or whatever are simply not being truthful to your customer. Just be a good person. How difficult is that? If you can't be a good person outside of the car business, you might as well be a good one in the car business. 
Don't lie to your customers. And remember, folks, if you are a consumer right now listening to the show, if it's not on the bill of sale, it didn't happen. I'm going to repeat this. If it's not on the bill of sale, it did not happen. Number four, focusing on the price and not on the value. I know that this may sound very, very simplistic, very fundamental, very archaic and basic, rudimentary, if you will. But no, this is a big deal, folks, especially if you have, through your powers of deduction, if you have deduced that the actual decision maker is standing or sitting in front of you, and you don't build the value on what you are actually selling, you are going to be restricted to negotiate in price and everyone loses when you negotiate in price. Because I always say this, you know, in the tattoo industry, you know, there's an old adage that you can always get someone to do it for less. The question is whether you should. Why would you want to? Concentrating and relying heavily on prices will mean the demise of your business. And that is something that the car industry has been pushed into by manufacturers because this is not a dealer's making. By manufacturers to keep pushing volume and volume and volume and volume and more volume and more cars and more car sales. And the reality is that it does not benefit the consumer. It does not benefit the customer, the dealership. It does not benefit the salespeople. Nobody wins other than the manufacturer when the volume increases. So don't get yourself confused. Lower price does not mean better service. Lower price does not mean a better quality experience. Lower price means nothing other than the fact that somebody is resenting you. And when you negotiate in price, you are completely overlooking the whole beautiful aspect of your product. If you concentrate in the number of problems that your customer can solve by dealing with you and buying your product, it takes us down to the next mistake that people make. Not focusing on the solution. This tip is very, very, very old that is quite possibly one of the most important ones. As a salesperson, you would be drawn to boast about all the cool features of your product and all the services you guys have. But the problem is that it's not going to make you a sale. Instead of describing all the features, the advantages and the benefit of buying this cool car that you're trying to sell them, how about you start solving the problems the customer had when they came into the store in the first place? Because Look at this. The customer comes into your store with an automotive problem. You are applying for the job of solving that problem. So what is the job that the customer is hiring you to perform? Is to solve whatever problems the consumer had at inception. So if you focus on the solution, if you focus on making, taking away the pain, people gravitate to the folks that take away the pain. There was a problem that brought them to your store. Nobody chooses to spend fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars by choice, especially in times like today when the government pays you to stay home. If you focus on the solution, you may get a quicker sale than you may think. The second biggest mistake the salespeople make is offering too much for nothing. This is a direct negative spin-off of talking too much. 
The number one mistakes that people make when they're talking to a prospect, when they're talking to a future client, is that they simply will not shut up. And I know that that sounds, it sounds harsh, it sounds aggressive, because I was told this week that I was harsh in my delivery. Ben, do you think I'm harsh on my delivery? Do you think that I am insensitive? I'm aggressive! <laughs> Touche! Do you think that I'm too aggressive? It gets the point through, right? You're not always harsh. When you need to be, you are. I, I can I can okay. be very, very I sensitive. Especially when I when when I lower my voice and I you know, get in touch with my this is with my feelings. <laughs> with my feelings. This is great. See, I can use. Hour. <laughs> I can be very. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna go down that path, especially after what I'm drinking this morning. Oh, great. <laughs> it's not conducive to that. But talking too much is the number one reason why, or is one of the biggest reasons why people lose a sale. Stop talking. Start listening. You'll be amazed how much information the customer will give you before they buy a vehicle from you, and it will facilitate this. And this takes me to the number one reason why people lose sales. And it's in direct relation to what I was just saying. It's not listening not actually actively listening to your customer. If you don't listen to your customer, you will never be able to understand what the need is. You will never be able to understand what the job is. You will never be able to understand what solutions you can actually provide for the customer to open up their wallet and say, Here, Greg, take my money. When people find a solution to the promise, you have to remember this. We live in a world in which delayed gratification is not a thing. It's not a thing. People do not want to wait to have their problem solved. So through your exceptional listening powers, you are able to actually discern. You are able to translate and understand what the customer needs from you. The ultimate goal. The ultimate reward will always be that the customer is going to say, you know what? I think you're a cool cat. I think you're listening to me. You think I'm funny. We have similar interests. You have exactly what I'm looking for. Would you please, would you please take, take this $80,000 from me? I just want to give it to you. I want to give you this 80 grand, 90,000, 100,000, or 20,000. I'll give it to you. Here, here, just take it. Because if, if you don't take it, my life will remain being a crappy life, the crappy life that brought me to you to try to spend all this money that I don't have and I have to finance at 0% for now. That will be 5% next month because car manufacturers are raising up the interest rate in the prices and lowering the residual values because now... They don't have the need to sell you anything because they have no product to sell you. Did I just say that? I did, didn't I? Folks, what I do on the show here will only make your life better. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and there is where I live. And right now, we still have some product left, folks. If you're looking at a vehicle within the next 
six to 12 months. Do not wait, folks. Do not wait. The interests are going up. The residuals are going down. The prices are going up. The selection is disappearing. Do not wait. Do it now. Listen to the slacker number one. <laughs> Don't be an island boy. And come and see me. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. It's a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests of the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Bell Media and TSN 1050. I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Uh-huh, uh yeah. And we're back. If you are just tuning in, folks, you missed a spectacular first hour. It was a master class. You know, they keep selling you those master classes, big bands. Metallica just approached me this week. When I say approached me, I, I mean I got the ad about a master class in how to put together an all-time best-selling metal album. Let's see if I'm ever going to use this, but I'm a big fan of Metallica, so I appreciate the fact that they're, they're putting the knowledge out there for the public to, to see. The first hour was a master class in sales. Clearly and obviously was brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, but this second hour, slacker number two, is online. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm well. How are you this morning? You know, I am fired up. <laughs> I don't do subtle very well, so <laughs> uh, the um, I, I I missed you last week. I know that uh, you were away, and you your priorities are clearly not straight. What can you share with the audience? Why is it that you were off? Actually, I had a couple of phone calls saying, "What happened to Mike last week? Where were you?" <laughs> I was at uh, Toronto Nerd Fest 2021. Um, I go, <laughs> I go to Fan Expo. I go to Fan what, Expo down. Did you dress up as Princess, Princess Leia? Every year, thinking of you, Greg. Of course, of course. No, I've never been a, I've never been a dress up uh, kind of guy. But I, 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 uh, I, I really no, don't want to know. I, it's none of my business. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. It's none of my business. No, I've mentioned it's okay. I've mentioned to you before. I'm a I'm a comic collector, so this is like our mecca every year. Comic collectors from all over North America bring their stuff to Toronto, and uh, on top of movie stars and and people who are into a whole array of of not only social media but uh, popular media and television, and uh, so it was a, a smaller event this year. Only twenty five thousand people were allowed to attend. That's it, family, eh? It's more like 75, 80. Yeah. That Only 25,000 so, people? Uh, it was a good day. It was uh, a good Where day. was it, and did you meet any special people? Uh, it's at the convention center. So right downtown yeah. Toronto by the Sky Dome there. Or excuse me, the Rogers Center. Got The Rogers Center. Um, 
Yeah, by the Rogers Center. No, I didn't go see any of these celebrities this year. But you know, they had they had some uh, some big names. I mean, William Shatner at ninety years old was there after his little trek into space. So um, yeah, it it it's it's a great event. Great event. Looking forward to it returning to normal. Hopefully next year. Well, listen. If it falls but, in a day that you have a show, I expect you, you know, to reassess your priorities. And uh, Slacker Nation missed you last week, so I um, I don't like it when you're not around for that long. So, but anyways, you know, I um, I, I, I'm, I'm I appreciate glad. The, the time off. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate you suffering through me uh, taking the extra week there. Uh, you know, for those of you folks that are just tuning in, the uh, even though this is an automotive show, from time to time we uh, we have Money Mike, and Money Mike is a very very special person. Uh, Money Mike is a good friend of mine, uh, and I don't have very many of those ones. Uh, so he's put up with me for the better part of the last twenty years or so, and. Um, um, a few years back, he took the reins of my finances because I was uh, confused into thinking that my ability to generate income was equal or greater than my ability to retain income and to manage my uh, my ability to make a choice when it came to my retirement. And uh, so Mike came into my life, shamed me into... Um, <laughs> shame me into getting into financial shape and now I have somebody that holds me accountable and because of what Mike has done uh, I have I find myself in a different position I it is it's fascinating what has happened and uh, the, the reason why I wanted Mike on the show is because I do feel that this show has a job and the job is to improve the lives of the people that listen to it and um, every other week Mike comes on on air and shares with us um, all his acquired knowledge over the last 25 years in the financial industry and uh, his services are available to you. So if you happen to be, if you happen to be one of those, um, the people that have some money saved aside and you don't know the name of your financial advisor or you keep your money, uh, large amounts of money on savings accounts, um, dying away, withering away with inflation as we have never seen before because, um, uh, the comrade that we have leading the country is uh, is jacking up inflation in ways that we have never seen before. You can always reach Mike at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762. And I can tell you from personal experience, this is personal experience. Mike took the reins of my finances and he has changed my life this could be the most important phone number that you ever, ever, ever call. 905-320-6762. That is his personal phone number. Don't call that number now because we're live. If you want to talk to him live right now, 416-870-1050 is a phone number. And that is in the studio right now. So, you know, Mike, I was, I was uh, l looking at and going over the stuff that you sent to me yesterday. And uh, that was an interesting question that you posed. And uh, I'm curious now. Um, so, folks, if you listen to the show, you know, pay attention to this. Um, here's a question for you. What would you rather and, choose? And I, sh I should preface this, Greg. I, sh yeah. I should preface this to say, uh, honestly, this was a question that my wife brought to me. Uh, listening to a morning drive uh, show on her way to work at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. She heard a station talking about this question and debating amongst its hosts what, which one they would choose. None of these people are financial people. I'll uh, give that caveat, but I thought it was an interesting question and worth our time to, to discuss. Well, we're going to toss it out into the universe. So, you know, pay attention to this, folks. This may change your life. What would you rather choose? 
$1 million right now or $100,000 per year for the next 10 years? I'm going to repeat the question. What would you rather choose? $1 million right now or $100,000 per year for the next 10 years? I want you to ask yourself this question before Mike answers it. Because I don't want you to answer it right now. Okay, I want you to hold that the answer to that question for the next little while. Yeah. Now, it, okay. you know, I'm sure that we're going to find some amazing answers to that question. But uh, I, I want to ask you about something else. You know, that's the question that we toss on to the world. The question that I want you to answer for you, for me right now is this. The, the government is expecting a 4.75% inflation by the end of 2001. We haven't, I haven't seen this in my entire life in Canada. Like, I have not seen it. I've been right. in Canada for the better part of the last 30, uh, 32 years. And uh, okay. this is the absolute worst position that I have ever seen my beloved Canada be in. Thank you, Mr. Trudeau. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? And how is this affecting my people? How is this affecting the listeners? You know, last time we were on the show three weeks ago, somebody called in with that question about how is this going to affect my retirement and, and more and more I'm getting questions from my own clients who are saying man is this going to destroy my retirement plan how am I going to uh, hold up under this sort of scenario and yeah, I, you're right we haven't seen inflation of this level in a long time and there's a lot of discussion as to what the cause of it is you know the the pandemic tightening up the supply chains and as a result it's more expensive to get everything because there's just not as as much available out there. Uh, some people think that that inflationary pressure is going to be temporary. As soon as the supply chain is fixed, prices will come back to normal, as if manufacturers and, and retailers aren't happy with these higher prices they're able to sell their goods for. Um, but inflation is a, is a real concern f and, and should be for everybody. And we have to address how inflation fits into our overall financial plan. It's something that okay. always existed. It's always, what is inflation, right? Inflation is essentially the, the rising cost of goods that you pay for to live. Okay, hold that thought for um, one second, Mike, and I, I hate to interrupt you on yep. this, but is it really no. the rise of costs of uh, goods and services, or is it the, the fact that your dollar, based on government action, being worth less and less and less? It's, it's both. It's both. The goods that you buy cost more. The money that's sitting around is worth less. I, you know, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. And, and so we've always talked about how you need to build a retirement plan that factors in inflation. You need to have a retirement plan that is not based on a fixed income. If you have exactly <clears throat> the right amount of income to cover your cost of living, when you start retirement and 10 years into retirement, if your income is exactly the same, then you've lost purchasing power. You are not keeping up with rising costs and now you're having to do without. You're having to make decisions of what things are you gonna cut out of your life because you just can't afford them anymore. And, and that used to be, you remember that? Remember that Greg back in the day, you used to hear seniors talking about, oh, I'm, I can't do that. I'm on a fixed income. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't, don't try and sell me that thing. I'm on a fixed income. 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on my porch, rocking in my rocking chair, I'm on a fixed income. Well, that, that's not today's seniors anymore. Today's seniors are active, they're vibrant, they've got lifestyle that they're trying to keep up with. And if their income doesn't keep up with that lifestyle, all of a sudden, they're having to do without. And so it's so important to build a plan that factors in inflation. But inflation is affecting everybody today, retired or otherwise. So, you know, here's so, a question for you, and this is coming from a you know, position of complete ignorance on the subject. Uh, could you think of a worse place for a senior to have two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars sitting than a savings account? No, no, absolutely not. Although one could argue a, a GIC is probably even worse. Why would you um, argue that? I, I'm curious because you know the number of yeah. seniors. Look, I, uh, folks, I need to apologize because I'm going to say some pretty incendiary things for the next little bit, and these are my opinions; they're not the opinions of Mike and or the radio station. But I do believe that Canada, as 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 a country, as a culture, we don't look after our seniors. We don't look after old people here in Canada. You know, when they get too old for us to deal with, we just shove them in seniors' home and we forget about them until they're gone. And then we want to feast on whatever the, whatever is left on their, the fruits of their hard work. But not a lot of seniors, you know, th those ones that grew up through the Depression, those that grew up through the times where we had 15 16% interest rates, they don't get a lot of advice. So on that basis, there are so many seniors that I have spoken over the years that they have a savings account, Mike, that is, it's got hundreds of thousands of dollars just dwindling away because they are afraid, and this is between air quotes, they are afraid of the market. They are afraid of financial advisors. They are afraid that the market may go up or may go down. Meanwhile, when, when their, their money is tied up in a savings accounts or IGIC, which are the two absolute worst places that a senior can have their money is just literally chewing the fruit of their work away every single day. Can you explain that? Because if you, if we have listeners out there, folks, that have parents or grandparents, what we're telling you right now is going to, <laughs> as bad as this is going to sound, this is going to save you on your own inheritances. This is going to save you on whatever is left for these folks after they are gone. Am I wrong with this, Mike? Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely correct. It's a it's a common it's a common conundrum that the next generation is stuck with when they're dealing with their parents and helping them to make decisions. And and a, a common question when people come to me how how should we invest our parents' money because our parents are more conservative. Our parents don't want to 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 risk losing money. Um, and, and so the, the common question we advisors have always put out to somebody is, well, what's the money for? And oftentimes, they, as you said, sometimes seniors can get to the point where they're no longer spending their money. Uh, it's going to sit there and they will openly say to me, this money is meant for the kids. We're, we're taking care of everything we need is fine. You know, we have pensions, whatever the case may be. The money, we're just concerned we want this money to go to our kids. And so I've often posed the question, well, then how should this money be invested? Should it be invested to your time frame and risk tolerance? Or should it be invested to the kids? It's going to the kids anyway. And, and it's, a tough, it's a tough question to answer. And, and nine times out of ten, 
you know, seniors are going to stay conservative and, and, and save their money, preserve their money. So as you said, it's sitting there in bank accounts. It's getting destroyed by inflation. It's getting destroyed by tax. I mean, imagine adding insult to injury. You are making a, a whopping 1.5% in a GIC on your money, and Woo-hoo. you lose a quarter of that Take me tax. to the bank. <laughs> and then you, and then you got to pay tax on that. It's, it's incredible. Nuts. High That's income earners, they'd lose half of it. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, no, you know, the, a statistic that came out at the end of 2020 said that rate, as of the end of last year, Canadians were sitting on $170 billion of cash. $170 wow. billion. Dollars. And now we're having a year of 4.75% inflation. I mean, that, in essence, eliminates $8 billion in purchasing power. Just by sitting in cash. Who benefits from inflation, Mike? Who, who, who ultimately benefits with inflation? Nobody. Nobody. The, the cost of goods rise, but the cost of inputs to create those goods rise. The cost of labor rises. Inflation, if inflation is just this thing that erodes wealth, and it doesn't take it out of everyone's pocket and put it into somebody else's. But we have to be prepared for it. It affects so many different aspects of our life that, you know what, we should talk about some of those different areas that inflation affects. And, and the people who have the questions of what should I be doing in this, there's, there's several different areas and, and there is some guidance that we can provide on, on how they should make some decisions in those areas. So let's talk about the first one, probably the most prevalent in everybody's mind right now, home ownership. Mm-hmm. How does inflation affect home ownership? Okay, that, that's you know, a very interesting of, thing. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of 4.75% inflation, you tell me, Greg, how have the, how the cost of houses been going these last few years? Are they rising at 4.75%? No, and, and you know, here is the interesting thing, because I, I, I just literally went through this, Mike. Um, the farm is sold. It, it got sold last Saturday. And uh, uh, in, in maybe I, I can get a hold of Faisal, my, my real estate agent, because he, you know, he comes in here from time to time to explain what's going on. But uh, the, um, the housing prices are going through the, through the roof. If you, if you right now have a property that is paid for, you are making bank. Uh, but... The ability for the people have to buy houses is virtually disappearing, Mike. Uh, my, yes. my children, I don't know how they're going to be able to do this on their own. I simply don't know. So, no, the house prices are not going up by 4.75%. They're going up by 30, 40, 50% in worst case scenarios. Am I wrong with this? No, it, it's, it's, Increasing astronomically, it's it's increasing uh, tenfold over. I mean, never mind tenfold. Uh, you know, the the very first house that I bought in two thousand three, a starter home by every definition, that cost me two hundred sixteen thousand dollars. An older version of that home on the same street just sold this past summer for a few thousand dollars short of a million dollars. And that's a starter home here in Burlington. Wow. So, no, you're not wrong. Um, kids today are having a tough time affording homes. It's, it's one of the number one things that parents, 
who are clients of mine are saying is, I don't know how my kids are going to buy a house. They're going to need help from me. And so in this past year, article just came out that reported there was $10 billion of money provided by parents to their kids to help them buy a house. $10 billion. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Now, if you and, are... And, and, go on, go on. No, no, no. I just... That, that is increasingly the topic of conversation that I'm having with my own peers as their, their kids are entering university and the parents are looking ahead to the next years and they know they're going to have to do that. But home ownership is being affected. I mean, the, the, the benefit of the inflation on home ownership, obviously, is kids are building up equity in their home quickly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, no, the number of kids in their 30s are sitting down telling me they've got $300,000 in their equity or 400000 in equity. It's huge. It really helps that side out. What it hurts is their cash flow, right? Because their, their mortgage payments, if they're in a variable rate mortgage, this is going to be a concern coming up soon. Because the government came out last week and committed to whatever extent the government can commit and, and maybe that's uh, a lot of talk and it's not actually going to happen but they committed to eight interest rate increases over the next two years what okay hold on a second hold on a second i yeah. want you to elaborate on this folks right now you are listening to my personal financial advisor if you have your money anywhere else other than with him you are making a mistake and this is my claim not his you need to call Mike. You can find him on moneymike.ca or you can call him on 905-320-6762 because I think that everyone should enjoy the things that I am enjoying. I'm not selfish. I'm sharing this with you. If you knew how special that is, you would understand what I'm saying to you. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no-commission salespeople. Folks, I encourage you actively that before you make any car buying decisions, you come and see me. I'll set you straight. If you're making a mistake or spending too much money, I will tell you. You need to come and see me. Let's take a short break, and we're going to be right back with my personal financial guru. We'll be right back. If you are just tuning in, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show that from time to time has my personal financial advisor here. He is the only person that was able to save me from certain financial doomed doom i i made the mistake of getting married without a, <laughs> a prenuptial agreement and that took a toll on me that i was not expecting and under his guidance i was able to rise from the ashes and change my my future might change my outcome and whether it was because of what he did or simply by him holding me accountable i was able to change my life so if you are one of those people right now that are that have a certain amount of income, that have a certain amount of uh, net worth sitting around doing nothing with someone that doesn't care about you, you may want to write this information down. You can find him at moneymike.ca or you can call him at 905-320-6762. Again, 905-320-6762. And that is after the show. Right now he's in studio. And if you have a question for him on air, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. This is TSN 1050, and we're trying to make your life better. Now, before the break, Mike, you said something that I did not like. 
Um, can you can you share with the audience what you heard, and uh, yeah. how will that affect us? Talk to me. So, so the expectation in the coming two years is that the government could raise interest rates eight times. Typically, they raise interest rates a quarter point at a time. So that's a two percent increase to interest rates. Doesn't sound like a huge number to a lot of kids out there, um, but right now. A lot of people are paying two, two and a half percent on their mortgage. Imagine what your costs will be if you're paying four and a half. Whew. It's it doesn't sound like a big increase. Four and a half percent doesn't sound like a large number. I once one of one of my mortgage renewals back in the early two thousands was five and three quarters percent. Yeah, that is that is true. Like, Same here. Which don't even say that to your parents. If your parent, if you ever walk into your parents' home and say, "Oh my God, I paid five and three quarters percent on my mortgage," they will you. ask you to leave their home. Uh, <laughs> get out of my house, kid! I paid eighteen percent. Shut up. So yeah, yeah five, four and a half percent doesn't sound like a lot, but to people who are paying two, two and a quarter percent on their mortgage, that's doubling. That is doubling the amount of interest that you pay. Simply put, if you're somebody right now who has a 2% fixed rate mortgage on a $500,000 mortgage, if you go to 4%, it's going to eat up more than another $500 a month from your cash flow. Hmm. If you've got three quarters of a million dollars in your mortgage, it'll eat up $800 a month just from the rise in interest rates. That's nuts. Now, where are this, you know, uh, tax increases going to come from? Like, where are they going to put it through? No, no, this isn't tax increases. This is interest rate increases. Oh, pardon, so pardon me, that's what I meant, Inter interest money. rates. Yes, yes. So they're talking about increasing the, the overnight and the bank rate. And guess who's always quick to follow? And in some circumstances, and I think if you look carefully in the coming months ahead, you're going to see banks increasing the rates on mortgages before the government does its interest rate increases. They're anticipating it's coming. And, and they're going to get out ahead of that curve. So the cost of borrowing money is to go, going to go up. And there is a massive amount of debt out there. So let me ask massive. you something. When do you, when do you expect the uh, interest rates to start going up? So some of the experts, economists, are predicting 50 to 75 basis points in 2022. So probably may not start until, you know, into the spring of next year, but they're saying, yeah, two or three interest rate increases next year, followed by another three, four in 2023 uh, is the expectation. Of course, things can change, but mm -hmm. people need to be prepared for it. And so if you're in a variable rate mortgage, the, the coming couple years might be the time to consider locking into a fixed rate. You think so? Uh, well, you know, fixed rate mortgages used to be 90% of the mortgages that were done in the industry. Uh, as of sometime earlier this year, 51% and growing have, have been variable rate mortgages. And, Interesting. You know, you could, you could argue that's one of the ways that people have been able to afford these massive mortgages on huge home prices is because the variable rate mortgages is a lower interest rate. But isn't, isn't this going to... Isn't raising, sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but isn't yeah, raising no, the interest please. rate to the grade, to the degree that the government is planning to do going to collapse the housing market? 
Well, I don't know if it's going to collapse it. I mean, a 1.75% bank rate is sort of typically where it's been over the last few years. I mean, today it's sitting at half a percent because of the, the pandemic. So this is more returning to more normal behaviors. Where, who it's going to collapse are the people who were buying things that they couldn't afford, who were mm -hmm. buying a house just because they felt, man, I'm missing the boat. I need to get on in on this before housing prices keep going up. And they bought a house right at the upper edge of what they could afford to do. And now interest rate increases on them could absolutely affect their uh, their cash flow. I think you'd have to see a much larger increase to totally collapse the housing market, but what you should see is definitely a flattening out of housing prices, quite possibly lowering of housing prices a little bit. I, I'm hoping. We're all, I think we're all hoping for that. Like you said, kids can't afford these houses. And the baby boom generation the baby boom generation, the oldest of the baby boomers this year is 81 years old. And they're reaching that age where they're going to want to get out of their homes yeah. and someday sell it. They're moving to retirement places, you know, whatever the case may be. But they're downsizing, they're getting out of these big houses. And if you want someone to be behind you ready to buy that, they have to be able to afford it. And I think that's one of those sort of market demand forces that affects the value of homes. When the older generation is looking to sell and the younger generation says, I can't buy at that price, somehow those two have to meet. And, and prices may have to come down. Well, and do you see that happening within the next five to 10 years? I, you know, I have no prediction. That's that's outside my uh, outside my scope, outside of my uh, my expertise for sure. I I I speculate that it has to, but mm -hmm. I, I have no economics background or or prognostication ability to be able to to say that definitively. Okay, so I'm going to bring you right back to a realm in which you have an expertise, and uh, because it's important now. You know, interest interest rates will be rising for the next little while, and uh, we have an aging population. And because we have such a large aging population, it is important to understand how seniors are going to be able to handle this. So, you know, from an investing standpoint, um, in in seniors looking for stable income, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this? What do you advise seniors other than calling you now? Uh, to do with their money if they want to have some sort of a stable income coming down? Well, they have to make sure that the way they choose to invest their money includes more equity than perhaps they've ever included in their portfolio. Uh, that is the only area in investing where money is going to be made, where growth is occurring. And if you want a stable income and you, you want an income that's going to rise against inflation, equities are the mm -hmm. only places that are going to provide that. So people are having to uh, reduce that fixed income component, that old faithful of I'm on a fixed income. They got to they got to reduce the amount of fixed income that's in their portfolio to make that happen. So it, it's, you know, but it's not only, you know, so I mentioned, you know, variable rate mortgages are something that uh, people are going to have to reconsider and, and make sure that they still fit within their, their paradigm or whether or not they have to change to a fixed rate 
well, rates are rising. But there's other areas, <clears throat> excuse me, there's other areas that are affected by this, um, still sort of along the housing line. What about insurance? Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody, of course, has homeowner's insurance. And housing prices have risen so quickly, there are a huge number of people out there who no longer have sufficient protection on their home in terms okay. of replacement value. So this is something I encourage everybody. You've got to review all insurance that you have. Your, your home insurance from the perspective of replacement costs, but this also affects things like life insurance and long-term care insurance. There was an expectation of this covering your costs, uh, possibly replacing a lost income should you become ill or if someone were to pass away. And we need more money to do that now because of the okay. rising cost. So please, everybody, pull open your home insurance policy. Find out what your coverage is for replacement costs of the contents and for the home itself. And make sure that your policy still suits your needs. You may need to that, increase the coverage. That is fascinating because I don't think a lot of people pay attention to how important it is to have adequate insurance on all aspects of your life, whether it's your home, life, and disability and whatnot. But you know, what I want to talk to you about on the other side of the break, because we're going to take a short break now, is that how, you know, when, it, when it, as it pertains to saving to retire, for retirement, um, Many retirement calculators don't factor inflation. So what I want you to talk about is that if, if someone is looking at, at a potential retirement at some point, how would you factor inflation into this, in, in, into this idea of, of the future? Because many people don't know how to do this. So, you know, let's take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. And with me is Money Mike, my personal financial advisor and we're back slackers you're listening to slacker nation this morning this is the greg carrasco show canada's largest automotive radio show that this hour is not so much about automotive it's mostly about your future somebody's got to pay attention to it you're not you have all your money sitting on a bank account for the last few years you know watching it just disappear as inflation and Mr. Tudor just makes it go away. Why don't you do what I did? I built the courage because it took a lot of courage for me to say, I don't know. Uh, it's one of the toughest things for anyone to say. I tell you, especially if you do, if you have done well, if you have a career, if you're a professional and uh, you've done well to get yourself to a, a personal existential realization that there is an actual aspect of your life in which you don't know enough and say, I don't know, I need help. I did that. And I called Mike. And Mike was able to change my life. Money Mike is my personal financial advisor, and he has his services available to you. You can reach him at moneymike.ca, or you can call him at 905-320-6762. I did, and my life has changed. He has coach me and guide me into a spot in which I actually have choices. And I know that you hear me coming on the radio here for the last, what, 13 years or so. But believe it or not, I was just like you. 
I was just stressing out about things and trying to get myself into a realm of finances that I don't know much about. About car, the car industry, I know most. But when it comes to finances, you may think you know what you're doing, but mm, unless you're dealing with an expert, you actually truly don't. And that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to Mike about, you know, over the next few minutes, is that a lot of these uh, retirement calculators don't factor in inflation. So how do you deal with that? And how would you assess somebody that has a pile of money sitting around there and they're not taking inflation into consideration? Oh, it's just killing their plan. It's killing them. You know, there are calculators that are just straight mathematical projections and they don't factor in inflation. And you've got to remember, a 3% inflation over the course of your retirement can literally cut your spending power in half over that time. So if you're not factoring in inflation, you don't have an effective retirement plan. Never mind four and three quarter percent inflation we're seeing today. That may not be typical. I hope that's not typical. But at just mm -hmm. normal retire, uh, uh, inflation rates, if you haven't factored in, your retirement plan will not hold up. Stop using those calculators. Stop creating your own Excel spreadsheets. Oh my goodness, the number of people creating an Excel spreadsheet. I got retirement figured out. And the very first question out the gate, did you count for inflation? Oh, no, no. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> your Excel spreadsheet doesn't hold up anymore. So stop using those calculators, get somebody, get a professional who has the ability to factor that in for you. It's key. You know, spending in retirement is, is something that, you know, a, a, a very wise person said to me a long time ago, do you know, what, you know what the most expensive day of the week is, Greg? On Sunday, probably? Saturday. Why? Saturday, because we have time off. We're not working. We're out. That's when we're out spending money. The most mm -hmm. expensive date. We're doing our grocery shopping. We're going to the mall. We're, I mean, Amazon online. You can do any day of the week. But Saturday has historically always been the most expensive day of the week. When you are retired, every day is Saturday. You can go out and spend money anytime you want. So you you've got to build a plan that's going to keep your income increasing. Ideally, you want to see your income double over the course of your retirement, not stay the same, not be fixed. So, <laughs> I don't know if I want every day to be a Saturday for me. That would be a very, very expensive <laughs> retirement, retirement plan. Uh, but, you know, look, I mean, we, we work pretty hard. And uh, at some point, we, we develop a set of expectations as to what we want out of the fruits of our work. And if you don't have a decisive, defined, because I think that... I think that that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make. They, they they have an idea of what they want their future to look like, but if when you ask them to define it on paper, they have no idea how to do so. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss a curveball at you because you you've been looking after my listeners for quite a few years now. What would you say that is is the number one misconception that you come across often as it pertains to my listeners and and, and things that they uh, that they think that they're on the right track, but they're not. So what are some of the, the most common things that you see? For misconceptions about retirement? Yeah. I, well, probably the biggest one is what retirement is actually going to cost. Um, when I ask people to tell me, what is your lifestyle going to cost in retirement? They'll put together a list of, the, of expenses 
that miss out on so many, so many details of ways you're going to spend money. Uh, you know, they, they include things like, you know, pre predictable things. You got the utilities, you got the cell phone bill and the groceries and, oh, I want to travel and here's what it's going to cost me. And then I'll ask a question like, do you live in a house? And they'll say, yes. And I said, you're going to have to do anything to that house? Nope, nope, no, nope, everything's great. The house is in great shape. Really? For you've how long? <laughs> yeah, you, you've got one of those furnaces that's been passed down through the generations that never has to be replaced. You know, what about the couch that you're sitting on, the TV you're watching, the stove that you're cooking on? You ever going to have to replace these things? Oh, oh yeah, I guess I'm going to have to do that. I, I notice that you drive. Is that a habit you enjoy? <laughs> a car? Really? I wouldn't know that? anything about that. Yeah. So, you know, chances are you're going to have to replace these things. Very few people, if I say put together a list of your expenses in retirement, do they factor in these costs? But they're going to, you know, and then they'll come to me and say, oh, we decided we need new furniture. We need 20 grand. We're replacing all of our furniture in our living room and our kitchen, and our, our dining room. All that stuff costs money and you've got to factor that in. That's probably one of the biggest misconceptions. And of course, the other one being the, the length of time they're going to live. We've got we to gotta plan for a nice long retirement, and we have to plan for their income to rise over retirement. So at the beginning of the show, Mike, we, um, yeah. we tossed the question out there, and the question was this. If, what would you choose between giving $1 million right now or $100,000 a year for the next 10 years. And we left that open uh, for people to think about this. So yeah. in, in, the, in the last few minutes of the show, I, I want you to tell me from an expert behavioral financial advisor, oh, what oh, oh, is no. the right answer? Oh, no, Greg, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> I want to know what your thoughts are. What would you rather have, a million today or 100000 a year for the next 10 years? Mm, if, if I know myself well, I'm, and I'm strictly yep. speaking about this, yep. um, I would say that I would rather have the $100,000 a year for the next 10 years. And uh, you would in, be in surprised the, the number of people who give exactly that answer. Why? Why that number? Uh, I think that, uh, number one, the, I want to limit the amount of money available to me, but I want to guarantee that there is an actual amount of money going into my retirement because that's what I would use it for. I'm at a different stage in my life. Um, if I have a million dollars sitting in an account, um, I, would probably, I, I would probably find ways to, let's say, use that. <laughs> but <laughs> hold on. Misuse, before we, yeah. <laughs> Before we go anywhere, there's a phone call right now. Ben, I want to take this phone call. Uh, sure. Is this phone call for Mike? Yes, it is. It's a real estate investment, and it is Jeff from Guelph. Jeff, you're on the Great Carrasco Show. Jeff, how can we make your life better this morning? Talk to us. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, so, Mike, I'm curious about your opinion for an investment vehicle of yep. REIT's Real Estate Investment Trust Funds at this time, given where things appear to maybe going in the, in the um, housing industry, um, do you think that's a wise choice at this time? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I think that there is, specifically in this point, in the business cycle and in the economy, 
I think there are a lot of people who have a great deal of their wealth tied up in real estate. And it's very easy to look at the real estate market over the last 15 years and see it's been increasing at tremendous rates. And so I think that drives a lot of people's desire to continue to invest in real estate because they want to buy the past. They want to buy what's already happened with the assumption it's going to continue to happen. So I think case by case, when you look at it, any sort of investment decision, you have to evaluate your overall position and say, if I'm going to invest in this area, what percentage of my wealth is already in that area? And am I over-concentrating in it? Or is it actually providing me with diversification? Um, I, I'm not too concerned with what's going to happen with someone's portfolio in the next 6 to 12 months. Investments, real estate, it, it's... I don't think you make good decisions with short-term time frames. My, my bigger concern is always what is it going to do over the long run. I think in general, economy and, and, and the world keeps getting better and, and prices continue to rise. The real estate market, the stock market will continue to rise. But if we're talking a short-term question, let's go back to the fundamentals. How much of your net worth is tied up in real estate and should you be increasing your exposure to it? Does that answer yeah, your question? That's uh, exceptionally helpful. I'm, I am uh, overweighted in uh, the stock market. I'm looking to balance that out a little bit. I have um, uh, very little in the in the in any writs, and I'm and I'm thinking I need to shift more in there. Um, but my concern being that you know, worst case scenario in a couple of years, let's say these interest rates go up, how many people are losing their houses, and therefore right. what impact? have on on that type of an investment right they've been outperforming right now but yep. i'm curious about for it's a bit of a forecast question i guess of course um, it is. I, of course. no if i can ask you a question uh, briefly are you working with an expert right now or are you doing this on your own no i have an expert that i've had for uh 30 years so he's been he's been very helpful but he's somewhat limited with mutual funds and and and, and that that approach so I'm looking to diversify a little bit. I'm I'm at an age where uh, I have recently retired, and I'm looking to make sure that uh, the money I have accumulated essentially isn't lost in 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 the market. And I'm I'm a little too heavy in the market right now. So I'm looking for another vehicle to balance that portfolio. With, with, well, I tell you what. Yeah, there's there's a number of of high ne high net worth programs out there that I would suggest you consider. Um, Programs where the people who are managing those programs don't have sort of the, the fixed mutual fund approach of a static exposure to the markets uh, that actually actively manage the weightings and adjust to the type of assets you're exposed to given what's going on in the, in the markets and the economy. Um, you know, reach out through the website moneymike.ca and we can talk a little bit about some of those programs that are available and why I don't try to guess which area of the market I should be in. I let some of these programs make those decisions for me. So, well, th Thank you so much for the phone call and I really hope that uh, you can reach out to Mike and maybe you can get a second opinion on your finance, but thank you so much. Mike, I, I, I have to ask you, I, was I wrong? Was I right? What is the answer to the question? If somebody gave you a choice between a million dollars today and a hundred thousand dollars a year for the next 10 years, what is the right answer? Unequivocally, it's taken the million dollars today. Uh, you know, yeah, unequivocally. I can't, I can't answer your question about will I be disciplined with it. I, I can't solve that conundrum for you. But if you feel 
that buying a car for cash is the wrong thing to do, then the reason not to take $100,000 per year for the next 10 years is based on the exact same response. The $100,000 that you get in year seven, in year eight, in year nine is not worth what it is today because of inflation. So I would rather take the million dollars and then I can give myself $100,000 a year for the next 10 years if I want to, but I can invest that money and help it keep pace with inflation. You see, folks, this is the reason why Mike is by my side as one of the experts and heroes and mentors in the things that I don't know much about. Uh, if you want to reach Mike, you can find him on moneymike.ca. You can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. Mike, that was excellent, man. I, I really enjoyed that hour. It went by so quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I'm amazed as to how you were able to post a question in front of me and, uh, you know, having all the evidence right in front because we were just talking about this. I still was unable to make the right decision. And uh, it's fascinating when you think that you know something about something and then someone like you comes around and completely smashes that mike thank you so much for joining the show dude i really appreciate it my pleasure this morning have a great day gentlemen we'll talk again soon and yeah i will call you a little bit later folks the show is brought to you by oakville nissan and oakville infinity home of the no commission sales people the next hour is your hour is the hour of the grievances 416-870-1050 is the number 416-870-1050 come and see me at oakville nissan oakville infinity you know where to find me let's take a short break and we'll be right back We are back. If you're just tuning in, folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And we just had money by just blowing our mind away with financial knowledge that if you have any sort of significant amount of money just sitting around doing nothing, or you have a significant amount of money doing something, but you don't even know the name of your financial advisor, you should probably, probably do what I did, because that's exactly what was happening to me. Um, you should probably do what I did and call Money Mike. You can uh, send them an email at moneymike.ca, or you can call them on 905-320-6762. 
He will change your life. He will change the outcome of your future. He will change the the, the direction of your retirement. And uh, uh, I could I could hear the excitement of my producer Ben and uh, the new trainee. What is his name? I forget. I, I remember that we had him last week, but I don't remember Austin, his name. Austin. Austin Mackey. Austin. There you go, Austin. Uh, I could I could hear the excitement of you guys, and you are in your early twenties. Why did you feel that uh, what Mike was talking about was so impactful? I know from me personally, and I could probably speak on Austin's behalf as well. Um, you know the real estate situation right now in Toronto, and you know mostly Ontario as a whole, uh, just in terms of affordability and 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 then renting situations and and the cost of that and how that's changed. It's uh, it's tough for young people to look ahead to buying places, right? It's tough, especially now when you've got so many people, such as ourselves here, um, working two jobs or uh, multiple careers, career changes, you know. So uh, it's certainly impactful listening to that. And uh, what Mike brings to the table is always a big help. Yeah, and to add on to that, we don't get any of this in school. So like to kind of learn it in the real world is tough. So hearing someone talk about it's very helpful. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating because my, my buddy, Louis Kieses, who is an economist, and he was also a professor at uh, Sheridan College, him and I always have this conversation on air, how our, our society does a terrible job. And, you know, I, I, I don't like to think about it in such a cynical terms or in, in nefarious <laughs> uh, ways, if, if you will, that society prepares you to fail. Society prepares you to get yourself into debt and to being a slave to the system. And there, there aren't very many home economics courses that you can take that will teach you how not to make the mistakes that we all make. Because I can tell you, dude, look, I, I grew up without parents, so my sister and I had no clue. We had no clue. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the age of 17, when I ran away from Chile and I landed here on my own, I had to figure things out. Now, this is aside from learning to speak the language. I had to figure things out. And in the process, God damn, I don't even know if you can say that. I got myself into so many problems because I didn't know. I remember when, when I first got here, I got a credit card because that's the first thing they do. They give you a credit card. I think it was a Capital One credit card. This is in like the 80s and early 90s. And... uh not knowing anything better because all this stuff, all these financial vehicles are not available to me and are not available to a lot of people in third world countries. I went to Walmart and bought a TV with a Capital One credit card. And I remember my shop foreman because at the time I was just, I was, I was just a sewing machine operator. And I remember the foreman, although I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand very well what he was saying to me. He was, publicly shaming me because I bought a TV from Walmart with a Capital One credit card. And 30 years later, I understand this, but I mean, there are so many things that we don't know anything about uh, that at some point you need to latch on to an expert like I did with Mike and, for, and, and allow the experts to do their thing. The, I think that there was a lot of cynicism and, and, and myths that people have in relation to uh, in relation to financial advisors, in relation to real estate agents, in relation to so many different things, even to car salespeople. And I find myself included in that category. 
by the way, Ben, I need a new uh, Zoom link. Um, that we we are we we go and judge people based on myths from the past, based on things that are no longer true. And on that basis, we continue to make mistakes because we are afraid of what could happen, of afraid of the market, afraid that the stock market goes up and down and you may lose all your money, and so on and so on and so on. You know, this nonsense that that I think that by and large is... is is, is paid for and financed and advertised by the banks because the banks don't want you to take the money out of their coffers. And we see every year, folks, banks making billions and billions and billions of dollars at your expense and you are getting nothing back. And that's how they make their money. So I made the decision of just stepping away from the traditional uh, model of getting my money finance. And I said, you know, dude, you need to come in here and take over. Let's sit down. Let's work on my budget. I'm going to I'm going to let you uh, take a deep dive into the embarrassing reality of my finances because, ah, you know, we, we all have we all have bad habits. Spending. Eighty dollars a week in a Starbucks. Is one of mine, but I don't regret that one. I enjoy it. So, anyways, Mike came in and he talked to me about the latte effect and this book and so on and so on. It's like ah, blah blah blah. Ah, it, it was so it, it was so humiliating at first, and I know it's going to sound crazy to you folks, but sometimes we need somebody that is going to come into your life and say, "What are you doing? Like, what are you doing?" This is not right. This is not right. You're wasting your money here. You're wasting your money there. We should do this and this and this and this and this. And by the way, whoever it is that is calling me with no color ID, I'm not picking up. I know you, you, you just busted my chops because I gave my home phone number earlier on the phone and all the losers with no IDs are calling me to just bother me. So don't bother me. I won't pick up. Um, but if you want to call the show because you, this is your hour. This is the hour of the grievance. If there's something bothering you, if there is something in your chest, call me 416-870-1050 is the phone number. 416-870-1050 is the phone number. And I'm going to extend this to Austin and to Ben also. If you have a grievance, if you have an issue, if you have a concern, a suggestion, if you have a beef with anything, Bring it out to the light. Bring it out to me. We will discuss it. I'm not saying that I'm going to agree with you, but I will give you the platform for you to complain. This is the hour for you, the complainers, to the Karens and the male Karens. I don't, how do we call them male Karens, uh, Ben? Do, is there a name for that? So, Sorry. It, it, what? <laughs> you know Karens? Karens. Oh. Is there, is there, a, um, is there a male version for Karens? <laughs> Greg, you're going to love this. Me and my buddies have had this conversation before trying to decipher what, what the male version of, would, of Karen would be. Like, I, I, I kid you not, we had probably like a two-hour conversation on this trying to figure it out. I think the, the conclusion we came to was a Richard or a Kevin. Kevin or a Karen? So okay. the male version of Karen would either be a Richard or or a Kevin. I really don't like Richards. <laughs> I'm sorry, Richards. I don't like you. The name just bothers me. <laughs> there was one Richard in my life that is not a nice person. Oh, boy. You know, it's amazing how we, you know, the, the power of bad association is there. But if you have a question, suggestion, concerns, issues... Beefs, 
grievances. Call me. This is the Greg Carrasco Show, and this is the hour of the grievances. Slackers are probably just sipping back on their coffee or whatever they are thinking or whatever they're drinking right now in the garage and you know driving around in the city. And you want to talk about something? Let's talk about it. So this is what we're going to do, folks. I'm going to give you a, a couple of minutes for you to think of a question that you want to call call the show and talk to me about. And uh, uh, 416-870-1050. And uh, let me see if I remember this. If you're calling, no, I don't remember. If you're calling from out of town, you can call the number. It's 1-855-591-6876 is the phone number. 1-855-591-6876 if you're out of town. And if from if you're from here, 416-870-1050. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And for the time being, we still have some product on the ground. So don't wait while you listen to... Endless hours of entertainment from the island boy. Oh, boy. Boy. Island boy. It seems like the slackers are finally waking up. So if you have anything to say this morning, you want to fight with me, you want to argue with me, you want to disagree with me, do it. I dare you to do it. 416-870-1050 is the phone number, and we have Mike from Scarborough. Mike, how can the slack at number one make your life better this morning? How's it going, Greg? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Tell me, what's what's going on? First of all, I thought you'd play something like, uh, you know, uh, Master of Puppets since you're a big Metallica fan for your intro. Not this Island Boy song, but that's okay. <laughs> Dude, you know, this is satire. Do you you understand how unbelievably yeah, yeah. ridiculous that is? And the fact that we have stupid people making stupid people famous is the irony of this of this show in the morning. That's right. Yeah, hence the last election. Anyway. So, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Amen. Touche to that. Talk to me. It, it's amazing how you described your car business and how it's so similar to contracting. It's the same thing. You take care of small customers. You treat them fairly. It doesn't matter if it's a $200 customer or a $20,000 customer. Eventually, those customers that you were loyal to will come back and they will never shop for other pricing. It doesn't matter what it is. They trust you. And you have a long-term, lifelong relationship with those people. It's service that sells everything. Service, service, service. Dude, the, the contracting business is such a dirty, dirty, dirty business right now. There are all sorts of Mickey Mouse operations sprouting everywhere that are undercutting the guys that are doing a good job. And it's just a disaster out there in the marketplace. You know this right now, don't you? Like, all I'm doing the last six months is getting phone calls on repairing stuff that was initially installed. It's amazing how people will drop $80,000 on, on a luxury SUV, but don't want to pay the proper fees or, or, or contract pricing for a credible installation. And mysteriously, they think if somebody does it, if somebody's cousin's uncle's brother will do it on the side, will we'll do at half the price, we'll get the job done as good if not you know better or whatever it's it's amazing like people don't want to spend good money the smart people will do it because they don't want their contractors coming back and fixing this and fixing that but but there's a lot of dumb customers out there that just think that paying five grand for a uh, you know uh, an electrical job versus 
the proper price would be around eight or ten, let's say, or whatever, uh, that they could get the job done properly. And it's mind blowing. What would you advise to somebody that's looking to get some work done, and uh, like me, somebody may be taking for a ride? Uh, what would you say that are some of the things that people should be doing if they're considering hiring a contractor? First of all, if you're a liberal, you're going to get taxed an extra 15% by electrical contractors off the bat. But besides that, um, you have to go to the ESA website, Electrical Safety Authority website. And they govern and police all the electrical contractors' licensing and inspection. So you could go on their website. I'm not trying to peddle them because they charge a lot. But, you know, I've been with them for, like, since I started my company. You have to, being an electrical contractor in the city, in the province. And you go on their website, and you could pick an electrical contractor of your choice. It could be somebody that's local to you, a small guy, big guy, doesn't matter. But they're all licensed and accredited people. You don't want to hire somebody that's operating the, out of the back of his car that doesn't take permits out. Um, all these contractors have WSIB insurance and all that stuff and having proper insurance to continue their licensing, right? So that's what I would recommend. You know, how about checking references? How important are references? 150%. Not, see, a lot of contractors, you know what the scam is, with, especially with renovators, like to do basements and additions, additions or whatever, they have paid references. So they'll do a couple jobs and they'll spend so much money and time on the state. They won't make money off these jobs. They will do the job perfectly. And, and these people are their primary references. And then they'll say, yeah, you want a reference? Here's so-and-so. Here's Joe Blow. And they call that person. But the, the next 50 jobs, they just sub it out. And the jobs are horrible, right? So you got to be really, really smart about who you hire, especially when it comes to your home stuff. Because you don't want these guys in there for, you know, long periods of time and the disruptive nature of renovations or installations, right? You just want them in, do the job nice and clean, get out, make sure you check their uh, accreditations, their certificates. Make sure you get a WSIB clearance certificate. That's the number one thing. If they don't have a clearance certificate, then you don't hire them. Because you're on the hook if something happens to your house. Somebody comes in and does work and he falls off the ladder. They could sue you because you, ha as a homeowner, you're the general contractor. You're hiring these people. So legally, they have to give you this clearance certificate, which says that they're in good standing and all this stuff. But you don't do that. You're not doing your homework. You know, Mike, you're speaking truth this morning. I really appreciate you calling the Garasco Show. And, folks, if, if you have anything else to say in relation to anything really this morning, call me, 416-870-1050 is the phone number. Let's talk to Chris in Lethbridge. Uh, Chris, how can the slacker make you uh, make your life better this morning? Well, you are the greatest radio guy ever, but that's not <laughs> why I call. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank I have you. A, kind of a two-part question. One is, can you please explain to the listeners and me why the government is not going more towards us. if they want to go all electric which the grid can't handle it the battery issues the mining in you know foreign countries of slave labor the environmental you know baloney why are they not promoting hybrid vehicles like my wife just got and the second part of my question is the toyota venza yeah it is beautiful she just loves it yeah, the Vince is a nice car, man. The Vince is a nice car. You know, I am. Um 
I think that like my buddy Louis Kiesa says all the time, you need to follow the money, follow the money, follow the money. I was listening to this report yesterday that uh, um, last year before um, Let's Go Brandon, I think that's what it's called. No, so before Joe Biden came on uh, in power, the United States were um, energy independent, at least uh, North American energy independent. Uh, and uh, now... The uh, because they did all sorts of different things. They shut down pipelines and productions and whatnot. Uh, now they are buying oil from outside sources, from you know mostly just from the Middle East. And uh, there was a lot of money in this. And you know, I don't know how or why uh, today we 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 seem to uh, think of politicians as this altruistic non corruptible uh, saints. It's like, oh, this person is going to come and save us from the world. Like, stop it. Stop it. You know how easy it is to buy politicians? You know how easy it is to buy scientists that are going to tell you exactly what you need to hear simply because they're getting a kickback, simply because they're getting funded and they're getting grants and whatnot? It doesn't make any sense. The reason why hybrid technology is not being pushed more is because it's not lucrative for the government. There is a lot of money being exchanged. And uh, I can tell you this, hybrid technology is, is what I would get. Uh, but uh, eventually, we all know that the government is pushing towards uh, an electric infrastructure. Whether I agree with it or not, it seems to be coming our way. But I just, I simply don't know who's going to pay for it. Uh, and that's the part that I don't understand because, you know, my, my buddy Todd Burgon from the TADA and I have this discussion all the time. People don't realize how much of the infrastructure of our society is paid by internal combustion engines. And I still don't understand how they're going to do it. What do you think is happening, Chris? Well, one thing is I don't think people realize is that all the fossil fuels, only about 10% of it actually goes into into fuel for um, transportation. The rest of it goes mm -hmm. into everything you look, see, and touch. The heavy oil, like, you know, plastics, metal, uh, wood, everything, everything we touch is fossil fuels, and they have this war against it. And now look at look at who Trudeau. He got he is an eco terrorist as our environment minister. So you know who he's going after. It's just who? insane. Well, listen, I um, you uh, you 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 pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And uh, unfortunately, uh, what, what, what happened in the last election is just an embarrassment. I don't, uh, in all the years that I have been in the country here, uh, this is the first time that I'm embarrassed that I'm being led by the government that we have right now. And uh, this, this person seems to be able to get away with everything. I don't understand this. This is beyond my level of comprehension. I'm But anyways, Chris, thank you so much for the phone call, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you for uh, thinking of me so highly in relation to, um, you know, what I do here on the show. Um, now, on the other side of the break, we're going to take a short break now, but uh, on the other side of the break, I'm going to tell you folks some of the things that um, that are going to happen in the car industry within the next couple of months, and I think that it's important that you pay attention to this. It's important because I have inside information. You know, this is illegal. I shouldn't be sharing this with you. But uh, a lot of it comes down from simply just social friction. I, I get exposed to information that uh, is not available to the general population. And uh, I happen to be crazy enough to have the, again, the testicular fortitude to share it with you and the audience that are listening to the Carrasco Show. And if you stay tuned on the other side of the break, I'm going to save you a pile of money and you don't even know yet. Uh, if there is a car in your life, 
if there is a car in your driveway, if, it, if there is a car in the future, uh, you should stay tuned because I will share some information with you that is going to blow your mind away. And still, the phone lines are open, 416-870-1050. If you want to argue with me, I love it. I love when people argue with me. 416-870-1050. Uh, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. There is where I live, and we still have some product left. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Let Metallica cleanse. <laughs> let Metallica, let it play, but let it play. Let it play for a few more seconds. There we go. Look at this. Let Metallica eradicate, erase, scratch off the island boy nonsense. <sighs> what is happening to the music business, folks? We are making buffoons famous. We are making buffoons millionaires. What happened to our musical standards? I don't know. I don't know. We have an important brainiac joining the show. My buddy Lou Skeezes is in the house. Lou, how are you, man? Greg, fantastic. You know, um, there's an old saying, uh, speak his name and the devil appears. <laughs> so here I am, baby. Um, I love uh, where you were taking the discussion about getting Joe the pro to do your business in terms of electrical contracting, renos, home repairs, gas appliances. Never accept the substitute. Never. Go to the industry association. Find out who's on the top of the ladder and let them do that work for you because one thing I've learned over the course of a lifetime, you need to have Joe the pro making sure the electrons are in the right place and the gas is in the right place and the water is in the right place. And if you think that somebody without certification, not a member of the industry association in good standing, you know, you're just setting yourself up for a massive headache. And if you look at that TV program with uh, Holmes, Right, yep. where they go in and they tear things apart that weren't put together the right way, then, you know, just watch one episode and you'll know. Do your research. I mean, clearly, when there's a breakdown, the roof is leaking, the electricity's off, the gas is off, whatever, you know, you're in an emergency situation. But you need to have that lined up before you get a breakdown, right? You need to identify the people that will be serving you and your family. And it's the same story with automotive, right? If you're buying it is you know, a car, uh, you know, following false economy, right? Oh, I, I'm going to get it cheaper? No, cheap is expensive, Greg. You know that, and I know that. Oh, you know, do I ever. And, you know, I am so happy that you came, uh, that you called the show this morning, because uh, the, 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 what I was going to talk about in the last segment of the show, uh, Lou, is, is, is pertinent to the conversations that you and I have. Um, the, the very basic principle of supply and demand seem to, seems to escape um, popular culture, especially when it comes to the car industry. And the car industry today finds itself in, in a place that it has never been in all the 30 years that I've been within it. So for the first time ever, Lou, because of 
bad decisions that our administrations have made in, in the states and Canada, the supply chain has collapsed. And uh, whereas we traditionally have three, four, five months sometimes because car manufacturers force dealers to take cars. Uh, we have four, five, six months supply of product on ground. Right now, that has been restricted to probably 15 days supply of product on ground. So by the, by the middle of November, there will be no cars left in the city. And a lot of people think, yeah, 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 right. That's, you know, sure, Carrasco, you were just saying that. No, I am telling you this. Look at it this way, Lou. Traditionally, I run my two stores here in Oakville, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We have approximately seven to 900 vehicles on ground. You with me on this one? Seven to 900 vehicles on ground. Okay. As of yes, as of yesterday, as of yesterday, between my two stores, we have just under 50 vehicles left on the lot. That That's is great. it. That is it. Yeah, it's great in, in a way that turn and earn. I mean, you know, the, the, the product is not sitting around collecting dust. But the reality is this, that the consumer right now, if they find a vehicle that is on a loss, they're, they're lucky. But car manufacturers are understanding this. And they know this a lot quicker than you and I know, like the layman's. So why will they give you incentives on vehicles that they don't have, number one? Why will they, why would they keep prices low and artificially finance of, uh, vehicle sales when they don't have to do this? And also, why would they keep the, the residuals on leases as high to not take a bath at the end of the lease and keep the payments low? So all incentives are going away in the car industry, Lou. Are you surprised by this? And you know what? I, I was conducting a thought experiment last week about the chip shortage that is hurting yeah. the automotive industry. And you yeah. know, I'm looking and looking and looking for a rationale. Like over the course of the last number of months, the research that I've conducted does not indicate that there has been a destruction of the fabrication plants that make chips. There was no war. There was no uh, suicide bombers. There was no massive disruption. And yet we're being told that there's a chip shortage. And I'm thinking, you know, follow the money. Who benefits from that? Mm -hmm. right? Or is it an active uh, uh, black ops to screw up the Western uh, car assembly business? Okay. So what do you think it is? Pardon me? What do you think it is? Well, I think that, you know, uh, you know, the psyops, right? We just got through the pandemic, right, type of thing. Now it's an endemic. We're all, you know, I think that somebody is creating a narrative that is uh, choking off the supply. And if you look at where the chip fads are, they're mostly in Taiwan. There are a lot of them in China. And, you know, you choke up supply somewhere, it's got a disruptive effect down the line. So I look at it two ways. I'm conducting this thought experiment because I don't get it. I don't get where the problem is. And I've done the research. There was a citation of one supplier into the chip fab business that had a fire. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, you know, that's just a flash in the pan, isn't it, right? No further information, just a headline that says fire at supplier to the chip fabs, right? Well, you know, the part that is more interesting for us is that a lot of people think that the the, the dealer network is in the same bed as the car manufacturers are, and no. we are absolutely not. <laughs> no, 
Can you break that myth for the people? What's that? Two separate entities. The manufacturer assembler, right, is, you know, kind of a parasite on your reality as a dealer, right? And as we discussed on your show... You know, the real profitability for the dealer is the land that the dealership sits on, right? <laughs> oh, boy, we're talking into real economics here, <laughs> uh, well, Lou, I mean, and I don't think... Know, but that's what you taught me. I yes, of course. Until you brought it to my attention, you know, last time or at some point when I was on your show. Well, I think that there is a massive misconception by the general population, and this is, I don't know who's pushing this narrative, that uh, that dealerships make money by the sale of a vehicle or by servicing the vehicle, because that's what people think, oh, you you know, you, you may not make money in sales, but you make it in service. No, you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, the economics of a car dealerships are completely different than what people think, but this is yeah. what's happening, Lou, and I'm so glad that you are part of this, because, uh, folks, if you are listening to the show right now, this is a very, very important piece of information that you're going to hear, and I also have my buddy Luis Kisos with me on the phone now who is an economist and he is going to be able to corroborate what I'm telling you. Um, over the next six months, this is what's going to happen. If you happen to be in the market for buying a vehicle and you don't make a decision as fast as you can possibly make, the interest rates are going up immediately. You know, come Come uh, November 1st or November 2nd, all interest rates are going up in the province of Ontario because manufacturers do not have the incentive to, uh, to pay or buy the rates down for you to buy vehicles that they don't have. So the supply is almost non-existent. So all interest rates will go up. So the same vehicle that you're looking at today, if you de- delay it another week, it's going to cost you more money for no reason. Number two. All supply, all product variety, all selection is almost gone. So if you're looking for this beautiful white car with a tan leather interior, uh uh-uh, it's not going to happen. Because right now, whatever is on the lot is what you are going to get. And if you are putting your name on a waiting list, we cannot even guarantee that you are going to get this car. Because allocation continues to get cut. We had a pile of cars that were pre-sold and pre-ordered for the month of November. And guess what? We cannot deliver them anymore. So there is no guarantee that this product is even going to arrive anymore. The other thing that's happening, Lou, is that... um, I think that the, the economics of a lease is, is not understood properly by the general population. And when, whenever there is a residual value in a vehicle, let's say that you buy a Mercedes and there is a 50, just uh, an example, there's a 50% residual value after three years or so, that residual value is not true. It's artificially inflated by the manufacturer in order for them to provide a lower monthly payment. So guess what's going to happen now? They don't have the need to inflate the residual value because they, they don't have to do this anymore. And they don't, also don't have the need to lower the monthly payments on a lease. So even a lease payment is going to go up and nothing has truly changed other than the fact that the manufacturer does not have the need to fight for your business anymore because this is a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market anymore. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people that will be crying on November the 2nd. Do you, are you surprised that this is happening, Lou? No, uh, I'll tell you why, Greg. We had the Bank of Canada this week 
tell the market that they're no longer going to go into the market and buy government of Canada bonds, essentially putting a floor on the bond market in Canada. That sent interest rates up immediately uh, right after the announcement. The Bank of Canada also told us that they anticipate increasing interest rates in the second half of 2022. Market reaction to that announcement was a sell-off in the bond market, an increase in the interest rate or the yield on those bonds, and that is going to ripple right through the uh, consumer economy. So, no, I agree with you 100%. And the fact that the manufacturers control supply at a time when it's a seller's market, hey, get ready to pay more. You said you have 50 cars on the lot. Are those new? Do you have a used inventory? Is that depleted as well? Oh, we are, Lou, this is what's happening, and I've discussed this on the show. Because the U.S. economy is so significantly stronger than the Canadian economy, and mm-hmm. the greenback is so much higher than the Canadian, Canadian currency, we have giant U.S. conglomerates coming into Canadian auctions and de- completely depleting the supply of used vehicles to Canadians. So, you know, when I go to the auction, Lou, I can't even compete because these guys are using a, a, a currency that is worth 1.3 times more than Canadian currency. So even though they're paying above retail here at the auction, they're taking it to the United States, creating a giant vacuum of used vehicles. So so this... This vacuum of product and supply that we have in the Canadian auto market is going to last for three or four years, if not longer. But people are not listening. People are saying, yeah, 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 prices will come down. Yeah, 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 the supply will stabilize. No, folks, that is not happening. And uh, if you are looking at buying anything within the, the next 12 months, it doesn't matter whether you buy from me or not, because, you know, look, all, only the smart ones come and deal with me because I can give you the goods at my store. You will end up paying such a huge amount of money more for the same product simply because you were gaming the timing. And that is not the right thing to do right now because expert, you know, industry experts, okay, industry students like, like myself are telling you do not wait. Do not wait. You will pay more. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? Yeah, I, uh, I always believe that you've got to be uh, aware of market conditions, and waiting is not a good thing when there's no supply, right? People have been complaining, uh, for example, Greg, and I've heard you discuss it on your show, about the price of gasoline. And I said, yep. you know, in my experience, because I lived through the 73 oil embargo and the 79 oil embargo, paying a higher price is not a great thing, but having to line up to spend it is a bad thing. Okay, I got uh. lined up in New York twice, and I think that buyers today not recognizing or not listening to this show, not paying attention to your advocacy, are going to find themselves lining up for no supply and paying more when they do get it. So, you know, keep in mind, folks, uh, you know, it's, it's a changed universe for now. And if you're saying, Greg, what, five years out before the supply meets the demand? Yep. Oh, well. And it's a long extra demand because people don't want to get on mass transit, you know, because we've scared them into thinking that all the other humans are petri dishes of infection. They want to get in the car and not have to worry about the other people they're packed in. Uh, There's a big problem with mass transit right now, there's no users. 
There are no users, and also, the I think that the hysteria is misplaced. I think that we should be hysterical about the incompetency of our government instead of hysteria into things that don't really have the impact that we have been led to believe. But I don't want to get into that because I don't want to get canceled, Lou. Lou, you are the happy... Before I go, yeah. how's Marcus? Uh, oh, you know, thank you for thank you for asking that. You know, Marcus hasn't been feeling well. In fact, he's sitting on the couch here. I took him to the doctor. I I have a animal hospital here just across the street from my place in Dundas and Trafalgar, and they're awesome. Uh, you know, Doctor Mary looked at him. We did an X-ray. We did some blood work, and I don't know, man. He hasn't eaten in a couple of days, so he's not feeling so well. I'm hoping that. He feels a little bit better, and you know his state of mind affects me directly because he's he's my man, man. But uh, thank you for asking, Lou. I, I really appreciate that. I hope that he gets better. Well, it could be seasonal as well, right? He's adjusting his. Uh, a lot of dog owners that I meet walking around here in Oakville are telling me their dogs are on a hunger strike. They're not eating right now, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> it could be seasonal, or it could be what's in the plate. Have you changed his diet at all? Uh, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty consistent and he's traditionally super healthy and, and everything that he does. Uh, but, uh, I don't know what he got into or I don't know what's going on with him, but, uh, he's not, he's not feeling well. But anyways, that is the happy capitalist. Uh, Lou's Keys everybody. I love you, Lou. Thank you so much for calling the show. And I certainly hope to hear you back here on the show in the near future. Okay, brother. Happy capitalism. Same to you. Uh, that, my friend, is, uh, the economist Louis Kieses, he's a good friend of mine, he, and he he gets to he gets to see the world from 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 the inside. Uh, he follows the money. He does the research. This that is his job. He is an expert. And when I when I am backed up by people like himself and Money Mike and and Faisal Baba, my real estate agent and whatnot, all I can say to you is this: Life, the secret of life, is about one thing. It's about choice. You need to be able to make a choice. And this show will provide you with a perspective that is not traditionally available from a car dealership, not from the car industry. I am not a car person. I don't like cars that much. I, because of what I do, I happen to drive nice cars. I mean, I, I run car dealerships for a living, so I might as well just drive a nice car. But I'm not a car person. I could be, I, I drove a Nissan Cube. For God's sakes, for a long time, they were hideous. Those things were the ugliest vehicles ever built in the history of the world after the Aztec. So I'm not a car person. I'm just a regular person that happens to have, you know, done extensive studies in the car industry. And I, for some one of those serendipitous flukes of life, I, um, I I'm able to host. Canada's largest automotive radio he, uh, radio show here, and we, we try to provide information for you that will make your life easier. So here is the statement before I sign off this morning. If you happen to have a lease that is due within the next 12 months, folks, if you happen to have a vehicle that has had engine problems, transmission problems, driving axle and suspension problems that will cost you a pile of money that may potentially get you to a position in which you need to replace the car. If you're driving a vehicle that is more than seven years old and you don't have an extended warranty and you are chancing it, if you are finishing off a loan 
on a car that has more than the kilometers that are covered by your warranty and you see a new vehicle transaction within your future within the next 12 months I repeat if you see a new vehicle transaction and by by new I mean another vehicle other than the one that you have right currently have you do not want to wait until cars run completely out folks this is a fact. It's true. Dealerships are running out of vehicles and you waiting is having a counter effect on your finances because every single day that you wait, prices are going up. Many dealerships are charging a market adjustment fee, not because they want to, it's because they have to charge you this simply to keep the lights on for the next three, four, five months. There is no product coming down the pipeline. So if you have a kid that is looking at a new vehicle, if you are a person that has just been sitting on your hands, waiting for this vehicle to completely break down before you just get off the couch and go to your local car dealership, you may be doing yourself a disfavor. And I will repeat this show down the line because all those of you that listen to me are going to save thousands of dollars simply because you happen to be a member of Slacker Nation and Slacker Nation doesn't care about your feelings. Slacker Nation spits out truths. You should see my computer screen. <laughs> the, all we do here, we inject some knowledge into the city, the province, and the country. I am just like you trying to figure things out. I don't know what I'm doing. Except in the car industry. When it comes to everything else, I'm scared. Because the world is changing so violently in front of me that I don't recognize it. I get out of the house and I'm afraid. So if I can come to your life and provide you with some little tiny bit of information that is going to make your life easier as it pertains to the automotive industry, which is my area of studies, my job is done. Because this is what I do to give back to the community. A lot of people don't like what I do. I don't care. I don't like you anyways. But those of you that are open, those of you that have the capacity of lateral thinking, those of you that have cynicism in the right place and question everything, they listen to the shul and they ask themselves, why is Greg doing this? It's because I feel like it. I think that the world is crappy enough and I don't want to be one of those crappy people. So I do every single Saturday morning from 8 to 11 a.m. I try to change people's lives. And if you want to talk to me personally, you can come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity because that's happened to be the place that I am right now. And you, I love you all except one. You come and see me and you make me look good every time. So before you make any car buying decision, you owe it to yourself to come and see me at only one place. Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. You know why? There's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com.